Well, good morning and welcome to Winners Win Live. I'm Chris Coakley, president of Search 365. And I just want to say, guys, we are in such incredible times right now that we've got to make sure that we capitalize on our goals and our dreams. And I know that sounds so crazy with all the things that are going on in the world today, but what you will learn through uh, success is it's when things are the toughest that if you really apply yourself, you'll find the greatest opportunities. See, there'll be more millionaires created in 2021 as a result of what happened in 2020 than probably any other time in our history. There's, it's almost like the clock has been reset on success. What do I mean by that? I mean that there's so many industries that people are having to start over. There's so many places that people are having to rethink how they're going to make a living, how they're going to achieve their goals and dreams. And so because of that, the playing field is wide open. The talent is incredible of people out there that are looking and trying to decide what they're gonna do next. And so if you're looking to build a superstar team of people, You'll never have a time like now to pick the best of the best of the best. And that doesn't just apply to our business. It applies to everything. You know, I saw an interview where a person who owned a restaurant, a very successful restaurant, is in fear that they may have to close their doors. But what the person said in the interview was, not only are they afraid that they may lose the business that they built to this great success. But they're afraid somebody else is going to step in and take over and be even more successful if they can't hold on. See, somebody who's got the cash and can afford to wait is probably sitting in the wings. And if they lose that restaurant, Somebody who's always wanted to own that restaurant will probably buy it. Now, that's sad, but that's reality. Opportunities are going to be created for those who are in position. In every industry, there is. Opportunities that would have never come up. The opportunity to buy land, to buy homes, to buy businesses, to buy luxury cars, to buy planes, to buy yachts, all of those things have been increased. All of those opportunities have been increased. And so when you look at what's coming up and when you look at 2021, it, it's, it's wide open to do and be anything you want to do and be. And so when I thought about this, I said, I don't want to do a long training. I want to do something brief, but I want to do something impactful. I really wanted to think about what was the most impactful things in my life. And most of you know by now, if you're watching this, that I don't train on theory. I train on 
reality. Things that I've done that I know work. I can't teach about things that people say work. I can only talk about things that I know works. And, uh, and when I think of my career and, and the success that I've been, been able to have, which for me is monumental to me, coming from where I came from to be where I am today, I came up with three things I want to talk to you about that I just think mean the world to success. You've heard me say a million times that the 90% of winning is that space between your two ears. It's the way you think. And if you can control that, then you can achieve anything. Now, that sounds simple and easy because you're going, well, it is my brain. I do control it. But the truth of the matter is most people don't. There is a 24-hour assault on the way you think. It's coming from friends and family. Uh, uh, it's coming from media, television, radio, uh, internet, uh, all these different avenues are attacking the way you think, are framing what you believe, are, are determining your fears. outlining your beliefs and then make you think you came up with it all on your own. And probably the biggest enemy of the way you think is you. Nobody talks us out of doing what we need to do. Nobody convinces us to use excuses, but convinces us to procrastinate better than we do to ourselves. And so as easy as it sounds, it's probably the most difficult thing you'll ever have to do, which is gain control over the way you think. And so when I think of the three things I wanted to talk about today, I said, what were the three most impactful? What were the three ways that I truly gained control over the way I think? And here were my top three. Now, I want you to understand something. There's more than three. There, there, there's way more than three things that I've done and that you can do to continuously work on. But the three probably biggest, most effective. Here they are. Number one. Mentorship. Throughout my life, I've had mentors who've helped guide my very existence. It probably started in high school when my guidance counselor, Mr. Daniels, saw this kid who wanted to be somebody so bad, I couldn't stand it, but I didn't know who or what I wanted to be or what I was capable of. At that time, I was doing what every kid in a poor neighborhood does. I was singing, dancing, 
and playing sports, trying to figure out which one was going to be my ticket out of poverty. And I left off the very one that most of us leave off, education. Didn't like school. Wasn't that I did, couldn't do the work. I didn't try. And he began to intervene and, and, and make education my fallback plan. He didn't say, you can't be a successful dancer or singer or any of the other things I was doing. He said, but let's have a fallback plan. And let's get you in college. And he began to work with me. And get my grades up. And then he took me physically to visit colleges in my state. And then he negotiated because I didn't have four years of good grades. I had two because the first two, I didn't do anything. The second two, he worked with me. And he found a college that was willing to accept me if I came in the summer to make up for those grades I didn't have. He paid out of his pocket the college application fees. And he got me in college, which probably saved my life because it got me out of the neighborhood. I think four out of my four out of my five best friends, three are in jail, three are dead. One is in jail and one is a school teacher. That's my five best friends. Three are dead. One is in jail. Four out of five. Life is over. One did good for himself and became a school teacher. That's it. So, if you're a product of your environment, that was mine. And you know the common denominator of those five? None of them left our neighborhood. <coughs> Even the one that's a school teacher is a school teacher in our neighborhood. So, I'd say that was a pretty important mentor. When I got to college, I ran into a few other mentors. One was a guy who turned out to be my fraternity brother when I was pledging, and he was a physicist. He came back to campus when we were pledging the fraternity online, and he was the first young African-American male that I saw that was really successful. He was dressed real sharp, long overcoat, black leather, 
driving gloves, drove a Porsche. And after he came into my life and for some reason targeted me, and we ultimately, when I became a fraternity brother, became good friends, he was the reason I chose, you know, physics and aerospace engineering as my major. Because I wanted to be as successful like him. And that began to shape who I was as a college student. But then the dorm director, who was a guy that was just so different, really sharp, had an English accent, saw that I was struggling to make money and survive in college. And he was the one who took me to a meeting that introduced me to network marketing. And that meeting changed my life. When I embarked on a journey to make some extra income that turned out to be the most incredible environment I could have been raised in. I was 19, I was impressionable. And here I was in an environment where people encouraged you and people were, were motivating you and, and people cared about your success and people were helping you and everybody was so positive and excited. And that wasn't the environment I grew up in. And all of a sudden I'm in this world that's almost unreal with the way people think about winning and success. And I got introduced to that at 19. You know how much difference that made in my life to get introduced to that world at 19? I never left. I spent the next 30 plus 40 years in that environment of encouragement and love and, and brother and sisterhood and, and mentorship. And then in the business, I had a mentor. Joe Inser was one of the great recruiters in our industry and the company that we were in. And he wasn't my immediate sponsor. The guy with the English accent who took me to the meeting was my sponsor. And above him was a great guy named Peter Alvarez. And then above that, him was, a, was one of the super leaders in the company still, Jimmy Meyer. Me and Jimmy Meyer became good friends and, and, uh, and I patterned him modeled myself after him a little because he was close to my age. But his mentor was a guy named Joe Inser. And Joe Inser was in his 50s and we were 19 and 20 years old. And some of you right now saying, man, I wish I could recruit some young people, but I'm old and they won't follow me. That's not true, guys. Age has nothing to do with it. The way you act is what determines whether you can recruit young people. See, if you're still young at heart, Joe Inser was in his 50s, but he could relate to us because he was young at heart. He was still having fun. He was in his 50s, but he drove a Corvette. He had a yacht. He had, he just, his mindset. He loved to go out to dinner and go out to eat and, and have a good time. And he always was dreaming about what to do next and what to buy next and, and where to go next. And that's what attracted young people. And I learned from him 
how to recruit, what attracted people. And I learned how to recruit and build a business. And he said to me then at 20, if you listen to me and follow what I'm teaching you, by the time you're 40, you'll be one of the best to ever do it. And by the time I was in my 40s, is when I became president and CEO of major corporations. What he said, what he saw, came to fruition. And then most of you know the rest of that story. I went on to retire, I went on to travel the world, and I went on to run into Coach Tomer. And Coach Tomer said, Let's become partners and build a business and change the world. But I knew from looking at him that we were so much more than partners because he was so much more of what I wanted to be. <clears throat> and so he became my mentor. And I began to look at his life. And I began to look at every aspect, because at this point, it wasn't just about making money, which he could show me how to do for sure, but it was about being happy. And I realized he could show me how to do that too. And I started to look at how he was living his life, how he interacted with his wife, how he interacted with his kids, how he interacted with his grandkids, how he interacted with everybody who came in touch with him. And I began to match and model myself after him. And then his sons opened up their families to me, Scott and Frank. JT became like my little brother, like he was their little brother. And they all played a role in shaping who I am today. See, I tell you all that because, guys, mentorship is so important. You can't get yourself somewhere that you don't know how to get to. You find people who are where you want to go and you follow them. And yes, you could formally ask people to be your mentor, but every one of the people I just named, I didn't ask to be my mentor. I decided that I was going to follow them, model them, pattern myself after them and whatever about them I didn't understand I asked questions how did you do that why did you do that what made you do that so that I could understand the thinking the philosophy behind the actions see they were my mentors whether they wanted to be or not <clears throat> I picked who I was going to follow I picked who I was going to pattern myself after and what I did realize was at some point they realized what I was doing and they were okay with it. And you know why they were okay with it? Because I didn't do it for just the fun of it. I did it because I wanted to win so bad. They could see the desire. They could see that I was making changes. They could see the improvement. They actually found somebody who'd listen. See, most successful people would love to mentor people. The problem is most of the time, effort, and energy they spend with people, the people don't ever do nothing. 
The people don't ever become nothing. They suck all the energy and time and effort out of you and they never use any of it. They just continue to be themselves and achieve nothing and make excuses, which causes successful people to not want to waste the time mentoring. See, I didn't promise people that I would listen. I, did, I just did it. By the time they realized that I was modeling and matching and patterning myself after them, I was already almost a splitting image. <laughs> Mentors made a huge difference and changing the way I think. My thinking was limited to where I grew up and the people in my neighborhood and the people in my family. And there was no one in my neighborhood or my family that had achieved the level of success I was after. And so I knew I had to find someone else with the answer. Don't let 2021 start without you deciding who is going to mentor you, whether they want to or not. Who are you going to begin to watch and pattern yourself after? And nobody's perfect. Everything in somebody's life you're not going to need or want. But the parts that you do want, take them. Second thing, goal setting. I became an absolute obsessed goal setter. Yes, I'll have to say it that way. I became an obsessed goal setter. All of you who've been trained by me through the years know I'm going to start with goals. You know that I'm going to inspect your goals. You know I'm going to constantly talk about your goals because goals have changed my life. Goals are almost magical when you become a goal setter and a goal hitter. It's like you unlock this, uh, un, this ability to get things done that you don't even know how you're going to do. See, I set goals and then I read them. I go over them. I adjust them. I change them. I increase them. And what I found now is that I'm almost cautious when I write my goals because I, on average, will set 10, 10 goals for a year, and I almost always hit eight out of the 10. And it doesn't even matter what those 10 things are, it seems like, that I put down. It doesn't even matter how stretchingly realistic they are. It doesn't even matter if I have the knowledge of how to achieve it. If I put it down, somehow I unlock this ability to go find that knowledge, to meet the people necessary to make it happen. I remember a few years ago when I wrote, I wanted to take Surge 365 international, but I knew nobody in any other countries. And then all of a sudden online, I met a guy from Romania And six months later, I was standing in Romania doing a meeting for thousands of people. 
how did I get from Asbury Park, New Jersey to Romania on the other side of the world? And we started an international business that recruited thousands and made people in Romania a lot of money. But that was written on my goals, even though I knew nothing about where internationally I would end up or who would be the reason. See, that's how my goals work now because I'm so committed to setting goals. And once I set it, then I'm committed to figuring out how to hit it. <clears throat> so many people take goals lightly or say, oh, I've got in my head an idea of what I want. Your head prioritizes living, not your goals. <clears throat> you have to prioritize your goals to the point where it becomes as important as living for it to unlock all of your ability and how to hit it. You got to become a goal setter and a goal hitter. You got to sit down as we're coming to the end of 2021. You got to start jotting notes about 2020. Uh, 20, as we're coming to the end of 2020, you got to start writing notes about 2021 and start jotting things down so that by the time the end of this month, you have an idea and you sit down and shape what your 2021 goals are going to be. And you make them stretchingly realistic. Don't be afraid. Remember, I started by saying more millionaires will be created in 2021 than any other year, I believe, in time. Why not? If that's what you want, write it down. Whatever your goals are mentally, physically, uh, financially, write them down and go for it. Set your goals like Santa Claus really does exist. And that you're writing a note about what you want. Set your goals like there's a genie in the room that just gave you 10 wishes. Set your goals like, like money's no object. Now, I know this is asking a lot because you're, you're grown and realistic and you don't dream anymore and you don't stretch anymore. And that's why you're not getting what you want. So guys, it's time to set your goals. Make 2021 a breakout year. Make sure you set the goals for the year and then break it down monthly and then break it down weekly and, and, and break it down daily and become a daily goal setter, goal hitter, weekly goal setter, goal hitter, monthly goal setter, goal hitter. Make sure there's always a time frame. Make sure it's clear and concise what you want. Clear, concise mental picture. Make sure you write it down and read it every day, multiple times a day. Make sure it keeps you on track and keeps you focused and make sure you never quit. That's what your goals are supposed to do. And so it's goal setting time. Don't let the, the, the new year take off and you walk into 2021 with no goals. Don't let that happen. 
and I don't mean New Year's resolutions, which usually are you forget about in the first 60 to 90 days. I mean goals for the year. So find a mentor. Set your goal. Third most important thing. You got to read. You got to transform the way you think. And the most effective way is through literature. The key to winning, the key to success is in books. It's in books. And that's why so many people are programmed away from reading books and watching TV and all these other mediums of entertainment. But the elite, the winners, those who succeed know it's in books. And I wasn't a person who really liked reading. So I put myself on a program that I could do. I said, I'm going to grab a book and I'm going to read 10 pages a day. Because I knew 10 pages a day, 30 days on average in a month, I'd read over 300 pages. So, most books are less than 300 pages, which means I would read a book a month on average. See, I don't know if you'll accept this challenge, but listen to me. If you read 12 books in 2021, you wouldn't recognize yourself in 2022. You'd be a totally different person. The way you think, the way you act, the, the way you believe would be totally transformed if you read the right 12 books. I don't mean romance novels and entertainment. I mean self-help, self-improvement, business success. And the most important category for me was autobiographies of successful people. Now, let me tell you why that was so important. Because one of the biggest things that stops people from winning are excuses. We take our life experiences and we make excuses for why we can't win because of where we came from and who our parents were and the, and, and, and all the things working against me and, and the debt that I'm in and my credit is destroyed and, and my relationship is over and, and my kids are bad or, or my kids are sick or and we just take all of these excuses and create a barrier between us and success. And we make ourselves really believe that the deck is stacked against you. Woe's me. I've got the worst scenario with the worst problems. Why is it always happening to me? And I was no exception. I felt like I grew up in a bad neighborhood. I felt like I ran with the wrong people. I got in trouble. I, and so... I had doomed my life to that's what it was going to be until I started reading autobiographies of successful people and I realized that most of the most successful people in the world had way harder lives than I did, had been through things I couldn't imagine and yet they didn't use that as an excuse and they won anyway. 
I knew I read stories of how people had to escape their country to get to America. How many days it took, how long they went without food and water, how some of them had to leave their wives and children behind and send for them later. I read stories like Oprah Winfrey, who grew up in dirt poor Mississippi, dirt poor countries. I mean, parts of the country that was way worse than where I grew up. And being sexually assaulted by multiple family members. But she didn't use any of that as an excuse to stop her from becoming one of, one of the first African-American female billionaires. And I can go on story after story of successful person after successful person. And I started to learn never to make excuses. I started to learn that there's nothing in my past and in my life so big, so great, that it could stop me from winning. I started to realize I didn't have it that bad after all. <laughs> when I looked at what some other people went through. And then when I started to travel to countries, I really saw what poverty was, where people didn't have clean water. I had to work, walk two miles for clean water. I never didn't have clean water growing up. I never didn't have running water in my house. I went to countries where people didn't even have running water in their house, didn't have electricity. I, as poor as we were, we always had electricity. I start to read stories and I started to witness when I began to travel people who didn't eat two or three times a day. My mother always made sure we had something to eat. May not have been the healthiest thing to eat, but we had something to eat. And I began to realize I wasn't even poor. <laughs> by real definition, by third world definition, I wasn't poor. I had to change my whole way of thinking. I had to change this doom and gloom mentality of how I grew up to realize that I was blessed compared to so many others that were really poor. See, guys, books did that for me. Before I could travel, books took me to other places. Books took me to other countries. Books took me through other people's childhood experiences. Books took away my excuses and taught me how to win. So that's it. Mentors, goals, books. If you change nothing else for 2021, find a mentor, become goals, Obsessed is what I call it. Obsessed with setting and hitting your goals. Make books a part of your life. Read. If, you, if it's tough for you to read, do like I did, 10 pages a day. I do it before I go to sleep. It helps me go to sleep. Because reading bores the crap out of me. But I go to bed with positive thoughts of how to win because the last thing I do is read 
positive things. 10 pages a day, 30, 300 pages a month, you'll read a book a month. 12 books in a year, you will transform yourself. You won't have to wait to the end of the year to see the transformation. You'll see it immediately. You'll feel it immediately. If you master those three things going into 2021, you will master 2021. It's a fact. It's an absolute fact. Throughout 2021, we will go through all the many other things and exercises that you can do to control the way you think, to become a better leader and pillar in your community, and to recruit and build a huge business. Talk to you guys next time. If I don't see you again before the end of the year, happy holidays to those of you who celebrate. Make sure that you do that extra something to help somebody as we get through the tough times that we're in. As tough as these things are, here's what I know for sure. People are tougher. We'll get through it as we have every other catastrophe in American history. This too shall pass. Talk to you next time. Thanks for joining me on Winners Win.